With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lost Hope Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by space in a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reasons, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture, people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a extended family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates the rainbow this is the challenge to think for yourself. Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through. A venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. Black Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. We don't walk by faith in a lost mind state Cause it's not quite safe (laughs) (laughs) What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, this Oh, man, it's another Friday, and myself and him, we're back up in this. I'm enjoying Come another on, day chit-chat about some shit. Um, tonight's episode is going to be really, really light. We've covered some really um, serious issues the past couple weeks. Well, not the past couple weeks. Last week we weren't here. Um, um, I had my debate, but the two or three shows before that were all very heavy topics, and there's a lot of very serious news going on that I'm sure you guys have been exposed to via social media and news. So we're going to keep today's topic light. Our topic is um, 
polygamy, polyandry, and polyamorous relationships. So before that, we're going to get into some current events. Um, oh, right quick, right, right quick. Random uh, things that are going plug, on in the world. Plug that, uh, plug that uh, debate you did, because uh, I want more people to check that out. Man. What, I forget the, the uh, blog talk that it was on, though. It was on Debate Talk for You. Um, we've linked this show on several Facebook pages. So, um, Mario, you can just post the link for that debate if you have it um, in the comments section. So anyone listening to this show um, will be able to find it under the link for tonight's show. Yeah, if you want to hear the audio version of Mike Tyson versus Random White Guy Number 1, yeah, you might want to check that out. So uh, let me dig that up while she, while she gets on to that. Okay, um, so Amara's looking for that. Our first random hilarious news um, definitely is, for those who don't know, the Kanye West T-shirt. Kanye West designed, and I'm stressing the word design because this is an insult to the word, he designed a plain white T-shirt that... Um, According to an article in on now.msn.com, is it has no discernible visible difference between a dollar store T-shirt. It is just a plain white tee, something that was invented a hundred years ago, and he's selling it for a hundred and twenty dollars. And the thing sold out, along with the two hundred and sixty-five dollar um, pair of jeans and the two hundred and eighty dollar hoodies that were um, sold to accompany it. He called this plain white tee the hip-hop T-shirt, and it is supposedly made with Egyptian cotton, and it is completely sold out. Um, so the hell do you that's need a one for the What the Fuck of... files. <laughs> exactly. Why do you need a T-shirt made of Egyptian cotton? I mean, it's a damn T-shirt. There's a reason why it's just a yeah. T-shirt. I mean, I mean, it's... It's a T-shirt. It's, it's a T-shirt. Means <laughs> fucking you don't wear shit everywhere. So why the hell does this shit cost one hundred twenty dollars? I want to meet the dumbasses that bought this damn shirt because I well, it sold out. So millions of people bought it. But what what was hilarious to me, and I said this when I first saw the article, was I would not pay one hundred twenty dollars unless this was a combination bra, hell T-shirt, no. and bulletproof vest. And then if it was all three of these things. Um, then we could talk about me paying $120 for it. Because anyone that knows me personally knows that I'm a very frugal individual. I've never paid full price for anything, nor do I plan to pay full price for anything. And I've never paid more than a dollar for a plain white tee. I've managed to get a, a white T-shirt for $0.50. Cents. Uh, the Haitian lady at the swap shop sells them at $0.50 cents each if you buy 50 or more. So, Yeah. I was able to get 50 of those for $25, which still means I paid $95 less than Kanye's fans paid for one shirt. Yep, yep, yep. Then there's also that uh, that little five-finger discount. You know, you don't need to, don't need to talk about that too, too much. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is a one for the What the Fuck Chronicles. Um, and good news a uh, teenager, Tamar Boggs and his friends, um, um, were went joined the police search for a five-year-old that had been kidnapped. Tamar is 15 years old, and he actually followed this car for 15 minutes on his bicycle to save a little girl that was abducted from her yard. 
Um, unfortunately, not in a, a lot of media outlets are reporting it, but it has the story has gone viral on social media. The teen says, right. and I quote, I'm just a normal person. It was a blessing for me to make that happen. He eventually caught right. the car on his bicycle, causing the driver to stop and push the girl out. Um, he scooped her up and delivered her to the police. You know, th- this story really made me feel very good, you know, because in, you know, the last few weeks, we've been a lot of, lot of been done a lot of things that shows the the dregs and the, the low lives of society and so much bad news and everything. So when I saw this and I saw that it had nothing to do with race, it had nothing to do with anything other than someone needing help, I need to help this person. Let me do my job. And mm-hmm. I love that, you know. No, yeah, I mean, he was, he's just a kid. He's not getting any reward for this. He was on media coverage mm-hmm. for it. And, you know, this girl wasn't a friend or family member, a stranger, nope. a little girl. Um, he doesn't know her family. And he heard the police were searching for this five-year-old that's missing, and he decided to help her from the goodness of his heart. And, you know, you, I'm sure that this happens much more frequently than is ever reported. Um, yeah. But I'm glad, you know... You know, you need reminders like this. There's still good people in the world. Um, so that covers the funny and the inspirational news of the week. Now we can jump oh, right oh. into. Hold on, you have some more? Yeah, I want to. You know, I mean, you know, um, we. Uh, I mean, stories like this don't pop up very often and whatnot. So I mean, you know, because you know. The idea with news is if it bleeds, it leaves. So you didn't, you know, you probably didn't see this unless you saw it on Facebook or something mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, you oh, know, another another more. very happy story that I just saw um, this on. week. Oh, I'm sorry. Could continue. Now <laughs> right, you go ahead. You go ahead. Awesome story that I just read, um, and it it really kind of renews my faith in humanity was about a um a former white supremacist who renounced his white supremacist ways. Um and I'm gonna pull this That's story interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. I'm gonna pull this up right here for a little bit. Um Here's the story. He is he is a former um, activist for white nationalism, and he is the son of a racist leader. Um, his name is Derek Black. His father is the former Alabama Klan leader who now runs the largest racist web forum in the world. And mm-hmm. this boy who's been raised this way, immersed in this his entire life, he's 24 years old now, has renounced white nationalism saying that he has been through a gradual awakening process, and he has apologized for his past activism. In an email to the editor of of this blog, which is splcenter.org, um, Derek Black wrote that he had come to see the arguments of white nationalism as principally flawed, and that he realized that American society is marked by an overwhelming disparity between white power and that of everyone else, and that white nationalism was really about an entrenched desire to preserve white power at the expense of others. Advocating for white nationalism means that we are supposed to we are opposed to minority attempts to elevate themselves to a position equal to our own. Um, 
he recently finished his third semester at the New College of Florida. Um, and I, you know, he says that he has grown past his bubble. He has talked to some of the people he has affected, read more widely, and realized the necessary impact that his uh, on his actions on people he never wanted to harm. So, yeah, his father, Don Black, who, um, like I said, he was a former Alabama Klan leader and now runs the largest racist web forum in the world, um, once served time in prison for plotting a racist invasion of a small Caribbean nation. Mm. And he founded and still runs Stormfront. Um, yeah. 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 That's the um, people trying to use that 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 uh, that site to kind of validate something or something like that. And yeah, Derek true. Black, by age 12, had created a racist children's page on his father's website. And until recently, he hosted a radio show featuring racist guests. Um, so, like I said, he's grown up with this. He's he he. It was not just a passive role either. He put an active role in this, and he has renounced his ways. He sees the error of his ways. And, you know, he was raised in white supremacy. He was a Klansman. He was a neo-Nazi, and he was able to change. People can change for the better if they want to. He was exposed to enough information, and he allowed himself to absorb that information rather than repel it with a cloak of racism. Yeah, um, you know, I remember seeing something um, um, not too long ago about the guy who was a former skinhead and he had swastikas and stuff tattooed all over his body, and he actually went through the process of getting all those tattoos removed. And it said it took a long time, but you know, he was committed to changing his life and whatnot. And um, I mean, it's a hell of a thing to live your whole life hating on people—just hate, hate, hate. And um, yeah, they raise their children like that. You'll see pic- little pictures of little kids wearing Klan uniforms and have no idea what the fuck's going on. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. And like I said, by the time he was 12, he was running a children's page on his father's website. He hosted a radio show until recently. So it was a, a matter, of course, they're confused at first, but he grew older and he grew to be an active member in this. And, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade on religious people right now because we really are trying to keep the show light. But it really reminds me of a lot of people who are very deeply religious, myself included, who later became agnostics or atheists later in life. And then you kind of look back on your former life and you're thinking, how could I have believed all that? How could I have mm-hmm. done all of that? Um, you know, and you know, it's it's the same awakening now. You, it's at the end of the day, regardless of what how you were living, to leave that lifestyle a lot of times requires, a, you know, taking in new information and information that might be directly contrary to what you've been raised to believe is true. Exactly. You know, I mean, to me it takes away too, um, it makes, it takes way too much energy to hate. I mean, you devote that much attention to hating something, and you know, to me you're, you're a peg short of something. Man. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Interesting. Racist, racist. You know, a few times... My own hometown. If you think that uh, if you if you think that racism has kind of slipped away and everything like that, you know, I had we had stark reminders in my own hometown when the Klan decided they wanted to come to the middle school one year shortly after high school, and then they wanted to have a rally in my hometown shortly after Obama was elected and whatnot. And um, it's um, you know, I you, you'll never forget it. You never forget seeing these people. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, our topic tonight, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, is um, polygamy, polyandry, and polyamorous relationships. And this is something we right. touched on very briefly when we were a few shows ago when we were discussing dating and relationships in the atheist community. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to get people talk buzzing, so we brought it back tonight yep. for its own little show, um, and just an overview of those different terms. Um, polyamorous relationships are when um, a person is dating multiple people at once, um, and this is like in a sexual romantic sense. Um, polygamy, a lot of people are familiar with that term. It's when one man has multiple wives. And polyandry, a lot of people are not familiar with that term, but it is a female counterpart to polygamy where a one woman has many husbands. Um, it's definitely not popular, especially, and it's completely non-existent in Abrahamic religions, but it is existent in some parts of, in the, of the world and in some cultures and some tribes. So we will be talking about that Um and I cannot wait to see um, what some of our callers have to contribute because I know we'll we'll have some callers on this topic tonight. Um, well, first I'll have to ask my co-host, Mario, how do mm-hmm. you feel about polyamorous relationships? Well, personally, I'm, personally I think that uh, it's one, another one of those to each their own type situations, you know. I've known plenty of people who have been in polyamorous relationships or swingers or something like that. And a lot of them are really good people. You you know, in their day-to-day lives, you'll never know it. But, you know, outside of work and close family and friends, some some of them or something like that, you, you know, they're very out, out and they're very open, and they seem when they're together to be in a very loving relationship, but they also have this, also, this other thing going on. It ain't for everybody. It ain't something that they do every day. You know, and if you're not secure or confident in yourself, it's definitely not for you. But, uh, yeah, my personal thing is it's not something I'm ready for right now. You know, I wouldn't mind having one person to lock it down with or something like that third. But, uh, you know, I mean, to each his own. You know, do your thing. Do your thing. You know, um, from my understanding of polyamorous relationships, it is more, it's not really exactly like swinging, but like an open relationship. And the, mm-hmm. the successful ones that manage to work is, as you say, the people are secure with themselves and and with their partners, and everyone's honest. Everyone knows exactly what's going on. Everyone's on the same page. Um, no secrets, no lies, no games, and no pettiness. Um, now, could I be in a polyamorous relationship? No. Oh, I'm not asking that. Yeah, but the people that I know who have been in a polyamorous relationship have been able to make it work for as long as it has worked um, because they are not seeking um, the same things out of a relationship. And it's very important to remember when you're talking about any relationship that involves more than two people, um, not everyone sees relationships the same way or goes into a relationship with the same agenda or end goal in mind. Um, some people just like to be with some person and enjoy them for as long as they enjoy them and move on. Some people right. go into a relationship with the end game of getting married. Some people 
um, get married or enter into relationships for the purpose of having children or raising children with that person. Um, you know, not everyone's goals are the same. And I think it's very important to remember that when you say, when when I say that a polyamorous relationship cannot work for me, could not work with the goals that I have, um, which is, you know... Goals. Um, what did you say? I'm about to ask you what goals were those. Were those. Um, just, you know, to be in a in a one-on-one relationship. I'm the sort of person that cannot, like, mentally, I cannot focus on being equally affectionate to more than one person. I don't even think it's possible for me to um, feel that strongly about more than one person at a time. And if I did, you know, someone's always going to get the short end of the stick. I don't think it is possible to be equally affectionate to everyone. Um, and, you know, even I've even spoken to parents about this who have more than one child, and it, it'll always get to a point where, you know, parents will say, oh, I love all my children equally, but that'll be that one that they feel a little something more for. Or maybe they'll have a child that's younger and needs more attention. Or they have a child that has, that has special needs and therefore needs more attention. There's always going to you know be that something? person that gets more of your time. The weirdest thing is that I was just about to say exactly what you just said. It's almost like you're in my mind, man. Like, we're here, you know. <laughs> um, you know, don't be afraid. It's, it's okay. All right, now, <laughs> I, you know, I've I've known quite. You know, there's a there's a there's a joint in Atlanta called Trapeze. You know, it's you know for swingers and stuff like that. And I knew a few couples used to go to that. But then I also knew this one friend of mine. I kind of um, I went to uh, University of Phoenix with. Well, I didn't go to University of Phoenix. I logged into University of Phoenix. Yeah. Don't go to University of Phoenix. By the way, and so and so she told me her and her husband had been polyamorous for a long time, and she only dates women. Um, he himself didn't have a problem with her dating women because sometimes, occasionally, they would share the women. Um, and to my knowledge, he only dated women, you know. Um, but they said they have a couple. They they have a friend friend of theirs who, in which both of them go both ways. And they you know the key to they, they told me the key to the the key to it is respect. Trust and sit and boundaries. You know the rules. Follow the rules. You know you can only do these things, or um, talk to me first, or 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 don't. I mean, I mean, she even told me that there are some customers who said like anal is off limits for everyone else except me. Leave me that. Or kissing, you know, kissing is off limits for everyone else except me. Let me have that. You know. Um, and respecting respect is the main thing that she talks about. Confidence is the main thing, and, and, and trust. You know, if you don't trust that this person can be with this other person without leaving you for this other person, then you really shouldn't be involved in this. And there have been many stories I've heard in which you know uh, people have been left out in the cold because somebody didn't follow the rules, and somebody you know got wrapped up in somebody else, and they were out the door. And um, I think that was a swinging couple, though. Anyway, mm-hmm. but I think the same applies, though. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, 
you know, like I said, I think it takes a certain individual to be in a polyamorous relationship. Um, now, when we're talking about polygamy, those same rules don't apply because polygamy is usually something that is deeply entrenched in um, certain religions, um, specifically um, Islam and Mormonism, where um, their religion, you know, gives them the 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 right or even commands that they have many wives. What happens in those relationships, though, is it doesn't really matter how the wives feel about whatever it is you're doing or whoever it is you're dating. You know, I've seen um, reality shows and documentaries about polygamists, specifically Mormon polygamists, and the wives are like, you know, he needs my permission to date so-and-so, or they need he needs our permission to to add another wife. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I see the husband's, you know, desire superseding any, um, any, any uh, objection made by the wives. I never get those relationships, man, because it's like, I mean, I guess with a dude, it works perfectly. You got a whole herd of women in your farmhouse and everything like that. But I suppose there's something pretty cool about watching movies and seeing, um, the Sheik have a whole room full of gorgeous, beautiful, scantily clad, young, tender, beautiful, gorgeous, scantily clad. I said that. Are you uh, going to run out of adjectives anytime soon? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of that shit, my actually. No, but, but in those anyway, movies, it's, not, it's, it's a harem usually that you're seeing and not wives. You're usually looking at the man's concubines because it's good enough to have many wives. You need many mistresses, too. It's a whole room full of beautiful women. It's like me walking into a whole room full of bacon and pancakes, man. You know what I'm saying? I'll be, you know what? A whole room full of scantily clad, beautiful women and bacon. Dressed in yeah, bacon. I know. I know you can't live without your bacon. Oh no, they can't be dressed in bacon because they'll mess around and actually take a bite out of the women. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I you know. I think, to me, I think it speaks to the... Now, this is one of the things I speak of because, you know, me being an atheist, I am kind of um, uh, um, critical and sometimes cynical of religion. And a lot of... One of the things that that bothers me is the misogyny and male dominance that goes along with it. And the only reason why you have a whole room full of women is because you feel like you're entitled to because you're a dude, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing. Somehow, somebody when they designed this religion geared everything towards the guy, and so now he gets to have a whole room full of women, and it's cool with his God because, you know, that's what the guy who set up the religion says. So I'm cool with it. I'm benefiting out of out of it. But what I always wanted to know is what happens when these women get old. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I never I never researched that, and then I think about it, and it's something I never really thought about before, but. I mean, as far as the Mormonism, I don't think much happens. I guess she becomes the one who just cleans up more than the other ones, I guess. I don't know. But uh, are Mormonism and uh, Islam, are those the two main religions that um, practice this? Or are there yeah, a yeah. I mean, I a polygamy, does, polygamy does exist outside of these religion groups in a tribal context. Mm-hmm. But these are the two religious groups that um, condone 
and sometimes encourages behavior depending on geography. Clearly, the Muslims in this country are not having multiple wives. And, um, you know, polygamy is illegal, so the Mormons that do have multiple wives are breaking the law. It's just incredibly hard to prove because of the way that they're living in, in the area where they're living, where that sort of behavior is um, is um, enabled. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with polyandry, that is prohibited by Judaism, Islam, um, you know, the vast majority of Hindu and, and, and Christian denominations. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, it's when a woman takes um, two or more husbands at, at once, and um, sometimes she is married to two or more brothers, which is known as fraternal polyandry. Um, and it's believed by many anthropologists to be the most frequently encountered form of polyandry. Um, in modern society, um, polyandrous matrimony is unheard of. But um, polyandrous lifestyle, where a woman just has many, many boyfriends, is definitely far from uncommon. It's actually just as common as a man with many girlfriends, if not if not more so, because we do live in a society where it's somewhat more acceptable for a woman to date many men than for a man to date many women. At least, I mean, not more acceptable, but there's less of a backlash for her than there would be for him. I believe for a lot of women, if they knew their boyfriend had another girlfriend, that would be the end of the relationship. Um, a lot of the women I know are pretty good at talking the men they're with into um, letting them date other people. All right, cool. See, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, um, although polyandry is prohibited in Abrahamic religions and some pagan religions, um, you know, like Druids and other Celtic indigenous religions, it is seen as normal. Um, you know, nothing really weird or wrong about it. You, historically, polyandry, um, women who practiced polyandry were in positions of power socially and or financially. And so mm-hmm. the wife, this wife was... A, you know, had a, a serious status symbol, much like the men who practice polygamy. You know, it's not just any old man that can get himself 10, 20 wives. You need to have some sort of mm-hmm. power in the community. You need to have some sort of money to support all those children that are going to arise from all of that. Because with polygamous relationships as opposed to polyandrous relationships, you're going to have many, many, many more children because of all the many women. You know, a man can keep on conceiving children, you know, a woman, once she's conceived a child, you know, on rare occasions she'll conceive again if, you know, another egg has um, has been released or something like that. But she's go- only going to be, she's not going to get re-pregnant with every guy. Um, you know, I've seen pictures of Mormon families where you'll have a man and his six wives and their 30 children. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, like, what's the name of the Duger woman or something like that. Oh, man, that is horrible. You like discipline. The Duggars, the Duggars, yeah, but that's not even a polyandrous um, couple. That is one man yeah, and one wife. Yeah, Duggars, yeah, I know. I mean, um, yeah, the Duggars are part of a religion called Quiverful. And Quiverful believes that you should be, um, well, they've never... They, this is not something that they, they talk about publicly, but they believe that there is a Mormon threat and that it's the duty of all good Christians 
to to have as many children as possible and um to you know to derail the Mormon threat. So the Douglas has twenty children between them. I mean, you know, the, this man, Jim and his wife Michelle, have twenty children. And twenty um, children. Their two oldest children are married and have children. Now what people fail to understand about this family is if all of their children have as many children as their mother did, they will be 400 people deep in three generations, over 400 yeah, people deep I in mean, three generations. Right. I guess you, you can use that family to kind of contrast what could possibly have happened during the whole uh, Adam and Eve debacle, but if that were true. But with just add in some more incest and inbreeding in your straight. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, Michelle Doug. I'm, I'm not even trying to be crude, but Michelle Duggar's vagina is my hero. That is like the strongest thing I've ever heard of. That seems like a damn cavern, man. Um, <laughs> now, um, I mean, I know that there, there, there's a lot of similarities, and there are some differences when it comes to the open relationships, swinging, polyamory, all that stuff like that. And I know she ran through quite a bit, quite a few of them. And um, just in case, you know, I mean, um, the things that, you know, because I'm not a professional in this whole thing, you know, so I had to look up a few things myself. And some of the things that, you know, were kind of interesting, you know, polyamory versus swinging. Just so you're not confused, swinging is more about the recreational sex and stuff. So it's more about, getting your groove on, and having as much sex as you can and stuff like that, whereas polyamory focuses more on relationships, you know. Yeah. Um, um, you know, what I, the, the, the whole thing about polygamy and, you know, um, you know, having many, many, many children like the Duggars did um, is that the end goal in that, or at least what they've been told the end goal is, is to have as many children as possible. Um. And the issue with that, and um, 19 and Counting, which was the Duggars television show, really clearly illustrated this to me. And I actually watched a few episodes, and um, yeah. you see that there is a great dysfunction in that environment. First of all, Damn right. they, can bear, they can't remember the children's names. They call them by their numbers. They can't remember the. They don't know their children's favorite colors or favorite foods. The children have to schedule appointments to speak to their parents one-on-one. The older children are raising the younger children. All the children are homeschooled, but then you have great periods of time where, you know, from child 15 and and up, where she had to spend great stints in the hospital because of complications with pregnancy and with labor. They only go out as a family, meaning when they go out, you see 21 or now 22 people, out together, the whole troop. You they you know, never have any privacy. They never have any time alone. And the older children never get a break from parenting their younger siblings. This is highly dysfunctional. And the well, fact you that know, you understand uh, it's highly dysfunctional is what's really scary. You know, within, the thing that tripped me out, though, is uh, one of them was giving birth to their, their son or daughter whilst their mother was giving son to their brother or sister around yeah. the same yeah, time yeah. period, give or take. And it's just a weird thing to imagine that while your mother is giving birth to your brother and sister, you're giving birth to her grand- grandson and granddaughter. And that is just weird. 
Yeah. Here's another thing that is really weird to me, um, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but um, the couple's names are um, James, or he goes by Jim, and Michelle Duggar. And all of their kids' names start with J, like their father. And I, I uh, maybe I'm the only person that thinks that this is really, really weird that all the kids' names begin with J, just like his. And there's really no namesake or 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 correlation between their names and their mother's name. Um, I mean, none of the children even have you know the middle name, um, Michelle. And it's so weird to me. They even have a daughter named Ginger, and her name is spelled with a J. Ginger with a J. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, that's lame, man. It's like meeting <laughs> them dudes named. There's like meeting them little punk ass dudes named Joffrey with a G. Uh, you, man. Yeah, the kids' names are Joshua, Jenna, John, David, Jill, Jessa, Ginger, Joseph, Josiah, Joy, Ann, Jedediah, Jeremiah, Jason, James, Justin, Jackson. Joanna, Jennifer, Jordan, Grace, and Josie. You just 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 had to dig that up, then you know just. Oh yeah, I, I, knew I had to Wikipedia this. I can't remember all those. <laughs> their parents can't even remember. Who, How can I be expected to? Oh, by the way, their oldest the son hell? James. I mean, their oldest son Joshua James is married with three children of his own. And, and their like, oldest daughter, Jenna, is she has one child who she gave birth to via C-section. I don't think she'll be able to have to have a normal pregnancy um, or a pregnancy right. as many See, pregnancies you know, as her the mom thing is. Tripping me, the thing that's tripping me out, though, is, you know, I mean, I find this whole thing to be hilarious, all right, on so many levels. But, you know, um, I'm just I'm just flabbergasted. That you would name all those kids after Jay, and um, and that shit is supposed to be twenty kids that start with a J. I mean, are they going to keep up the J motif in the new families or whatever? I don't. Well, <laughs> um, hold on. Wiki says there's 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 nineteen kids. I mean, there's other names. They they still haven't named any children Jessica, or um, or Joshua. So they still have more names to go. Believe me, they're going to make it happen. Still um, naming their kids Jedediah, man. I mean, Jedediah and Jeremiah are biblical names, as are Josiah and Joseph and Joshua. So, I mean, yeah, you know, still, they have room. They have room. Yeah, just who's still using those names? They sound like some children of the corn type shit. Uh, uh, Mario, who in the year two, 2013, who since... I don't think it's been since 1913 that a person willingly decided to have that many children. Even in those ages, you didn't see families that large simply because these these. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the chat box. What's <laughs> called Javante and Janetta. <laughs> Jack Wagon, I like that. Oh, like Jack West. <laughs> Jack Jack <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, um, even in those ages, men understood sex equals kids. And if he doesn't want more kids, he's going to abstain for a while. And what bothers me about the pregnancies is how close in age the children are. And it's like, did she get any recovery time between these children? Because the oldest child is now 25. The, the, the second child is 23. The child after that, 22. Then 20, 19, 18, 
16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, 9, 7, 5, 4, 3. It's like, did you even give her vagina a break? Like, does it, does it not deserve a vacation like any other hard-working entity? Well, I mean, that's, you know, you've been pregnant for near 20 years, you know. I mean, that stuff's got to be hell on your body eventually. And they, they don't seem to be stopping. They don't seem to be stopping. I think it's weird. I think it's, I mean, I really think it's weird. I mean, it's like if you left these people on a desert island, there'd be an entire island populated with these people that look exactly like each other. That's creepy. Yeah. Um, well... Here's the weird thing about the Duggars. Um, she only has Other one. Twenty kids. Well, yeah, she only has one set of twins, meaning excuse me, two sets of twins, meaning that with the nineteen children, she had seventeen pregnancies. None were premature, though, meaning that this woman was pregnant for a total of. 204 months of her life, meaning that she was pregnant a total of, excuse me, I'm going to recalculate that. She was pregnant, let's see, for nine months. You got to calculate her. 153 months of her life, meaning that she was pregnant for um, 12 and three quarter years of her life total. Over 12 years of her life were spent pregnant. Yeah, it, Over it goes 12 to show you how years of her life were spent pregnant. There you, there you go to show you how serious this shit is. She got to calculate her out to calculate that shit. When I have to calculate how much time you spent pregnant, there's already a problem right there. That's crazy. By the way, if you got a little comment, you want to chime in a little, little, little bit, just uh, hit us up and, uh, you know, hit that little one there, and uh, it'll flag you so I know to take a look at you and decide whether or not I want to hear your ass. What a lot of people That's don't what understand about the Duggar family as well is that James Duggar, the father, was once a statesman. And because of that, when you're a statesman for any amount of time, you get free medical and health care for your family for the rest of your life. And our taxpayers, had, uh, the taxpayers in Arkansas had the privilege of paying for each one of those, um, you know, births and each one of those hospital stays, especially the extended ones with the last children and the ones that had to be given birth to by a cesarean because her, she and her vagina are just too old for this anymore. You know, um, and, and and still, even though they're raising their children using the buddy system, in 2004, Michelle Duggar won the Young Mother of the Year Award in Arkansas. How, how the hell did she do that? For having tons and tons of kids. As, you know, saying, you know, uh, anyway. Um, the thing, you know, if you ever want to leave a relationship like that, you might as well put a bullet in your brain pan, man, because child support is just going to, I mean, you just not, don't even give him the check, you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, when you need a school bus to transport your family, that was a problem. You know, I don't even want kids myself. Oh, they walk you know? most places. That's why she's, she always manages to get her figure back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You walking down the street with a whole whole line full of kids. Oh, what school? What school you are? You coming from? Oh no, these are all my kids. Like all she, my kids. Like all <laughs> of these are my kids. She was quoted in 2010, um, June 23rd, 2010, um, after they were able to take her, their last daughter Josie home, saying, "We would love more." I'm 43, almost 44 this September. She's still a young woman, Michelle Duggar. She's not even 50 yet. I know that my mom years are probably numbered, and I don't know how many more children God will see fit to give me. It is something we've been praying about because we do love children. Each child really is a gift, even though we can't remember their names. And that doesn't mean just our children. We ask the Lord to give us a love of children the way he loves children. That is something we've prayed about, and we'll just see what the Lord has in store for our family. Now, last I checked, her name was in Mary, and the Holy Spirit did not knock her up, so God had nothing to do with all of those pregnancies. But um, she believes that that is his will for, for she and her husband to keep copulating without birth control and putting her health at risk every single time. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 let uh, that woman and her creepy, creepy yeah, family. Yeah, the the, the the child that would have been the twentieth is a child that she miscarried in November 2011. This child was named Jubilee Salomon. Excuse me, Jubilee Shalom, and they had a memorial service for that child in November. And even though they this was her third miscarriage in all the time that they've been married, um, she is still trying. Um, they're still trying to have us more children. But that child's name was Jubilee Shalom. Cool. Mm, that's that's really. That's true. That's, uh, uh. Anyway, so, so the, you know, um, you know, I was thinking about something, you know, in regards to, you know, because we got into this whole, you know, polyamory stuff and everything, and I see a lot of people talk about it. You know, and especially around in Facebook and stuff like that. And a lot of people say that divorce is not an option for them. That they won't even consider divorce. And so I don't know if that has any, any impact. I don't, I don't know the fact that the U.S. has some of the highest divorce rates in the, in the world has mm-hmm. any impact on that or has any bearing on the decision to never get divorced. And I guess in some ways, I guess the polyamory takes the pressure off that, you know, if I'm using the correct term and everything. Um, what do you think about that? You know, there are some people that say they can never get divorced. Um, you know, I think divorce has its purpose. Some people should not remain in a relationship that they not they do not feel is fulfilling them or growing them or where they feel like they are disrespected or certainly not if they're being abused. However, in certain situations, like when you have a polygamous relationship, you're from a polygamous community, your husband is 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 the sole provider for you and the many children that you have. If I were in that position or in Michelle Douglas' situation where she's her husband's only wife, but they have literally a bus full of children together, I mean, you can't really consider divorce at that point. How can you? How can you say, I'm going to leave you after we just had these 19 children together? You didn't just take the best years of my life. You took the best years of my uterus. And I have all these children that need to be supported. And it's just selfish at that point. And, they, yep. and I think this is this is a horrible web that these religions pull these women into where they take, put themselves in a situation where they might not necessarily want to remain with people that they might not necessarily be happy with 
like they're miserable, but they can't go anywhere. Like, where are you going to go? Well, you know, you can be, you know, you can be really, really shunned uh, by your religious community for a lot of that stuff. Uh, someone told me, and I, I never confirmed confirmed this, but that there was a, a sect in the in the I want to say the Catholic Church. So don't quote me verbatim on all this, but there was a sect in the Catholic Church called the Standards, and what they do is like if they've had a divorce or their husband has left them. These women actually pledge to wait for their husbands to come back to them. It sounds like something that would happen in Catholicism. I've read the Catechism of the Catholic Church um, a lot, and but there are so many rules. I be, there are over 700 rules in being a good Catholic. I'm pretty sure I didn't remember them all. But I can tell you that in Catholicism, um, divorce is not recognized. Like You can be legally divorced, but you're not divorced in the eyes of the church. And the church will not... The only way a Catholic can remarry, and it is seen as a binding marriage, is if their first marriage did not take place in a Catholic church. Otherwise, you can never remarry in a Catholic church, and any marriage that you enter into, any relationship you enter into, is seen as adultery. Um, if two Catholics divorce and they want to get remarried, the Catholic church will form a recommitment ceremony, and they can have all the frills and ruffles of a traditional wedding, but it's not going to be called a wedding. It's called a recommitment ceremony. Right. Right. That's that's really, you know, and I, so I guess, you know, in some of the cases, like the friends of mine who, who if I want to lead, lead us back to the original topic, um, who, well, I, you know, I guess they weren't really friends, I guess. But anyway, they were, they were, um, they practiced a lot of this stuff, you know, and they know people who, we're into a lot of this stuff, and for for them, all this stuff seemed to be working because they knew they had already set up these boundaries, they had already set up these rules, they had already set up that this is what is going to happen, this was not going to happen, and they knew the differences, you know. And I never knew the differences. I never knew uh, that there was a difference between swinging and poly, uh, polyamory, you know. I thought it was all one big pot, you know. And so, well, with, with swinging is, all, is, is hold on, continue. Okay, um, you know it. You know, and so in reading about all this, you know, I I found out those differences. You know, um, and you know that 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 that, that there are different types and everything. And there's a show I was listening to on the Playboy Channel uh, with well Radio Sex on XM. You know, uh, yeah, I listen to that show. I'm proud of it. You know, and what mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's a show on there that was about swinging, that you know, and they really they really did discuss a lot a lot a lot of what was going on in their lifestyle, and so you know, I got you know I got a taste of what it was about and everything, and a lot of these people don't feel like they're cheating because this person knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, so that's not cheating. It's cheating if they fuck somebody who isn't approval that that person does not know about. Yeah, I mean, the primary difference between swinging and polyamorous relationships also that people should keep in mind is that swinging is sexually based. The reason why a lot of singers don't feel that they're cheating is not just because their significant other knows, but because they have just one significant other, that one person that they feel that they they have an emotional intimacy with. They might sleep with other people, but they do not. They do not get emotionally attached to those other people. In polyamorous relationships, you have real feelings for however many people you're dating. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, and those are the things I learned. And I learned, you know, um, because I don't really know any too many people who do it, you know. So a lot of the friends, a lot of friends I see on Facebook, they really are into the polyamory, and um, I think it's wonderful. You know, I think it's, I think it's wonderful because it's working for them. Um, you know, um, I knew this, I knew um, someone who I met in the group who was explained to me that she was in a polyamorous lesbian relationship, and was, you know, from the way that she described it, sounded like it was a win-win situation for everybody. And there did not seem to be this drama or this this uh, idea that you belong to me and you're the only one, I'm the only one that you're allowed to be with and everything like that. Um, they really did seem like this was a, some type of cohesive situation. I myself have never been in anything like this. Most of the time, I've always been I've been told that monogamy is the way to go. Now, I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm saying choose which one's best for you because after right now, monogamy is the best thing for me. But if I were to enter into a polyamorous situation, you know, I would want to know these things in advance before I even, you know, considered it, I guess. No, like, um, you know, I'm... I consider myself to be a monogamous person, and I, I, I not only do I not think that I have the 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 right, you know, um, I'm not, I don't have the capacity for a polyamorous relationship. It's it seems exhausting because if I'm if I'm in love with someone, I pour myself into them, and to do that with several people, I mean, yeah, it's putting your eggs all in one basket. But I think that's a lot better or easier for me more rational for me than carrying around a bunch of baskets, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, I do realize that relationships end. Um, sometimes people need to move on. If you're married, sometimes divorce is an option. But, you know, um, I, I, I'm a one-person-at-a-time kind of gal. So, um, you know, I, I have seen polyamorous relationships work. I've seen them work with people that I know well and personally who I'm close with. But, you know, to each his own. It's one of those things. And I don't have a problem with it as long as everyone's being honest. I guess that is the best policy. You know, it definitely is the best policy. And polyamory doesn't work if the other person doesn't know what you're doing. So it, at that point, it's just cheating. <laughs> exactly. You know, like you listen to these dudes talk about the women, they're, they're boning. I'm pretty sure they don't know about it. Unless this dad's chick that knows about it and would rather fight all the chicks that he's doing rather than fight him, but that's a whole other story. That's that more appropriate shit. We're not talking about that. If you want to no, talk about really, that, because it's kind of funny. It's really sometimes. weird, too. Yeah, exactly. What's funny to me is people always assume that it's always a man that wants to have multiple women. There are many women that want to have multiple men. And I really think yep, if everyone was yep, yep. honest about their their wants and needs, these people could find each other, and then we wouldn't have people bringing their boyfriend or girlfriend on Maury for a lie detector test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always find that, I find that to be kind of just hilarious that you need to come on a talk show to find out something you pretty much had an idea about anyway. Actually, um, there was one that I was watching last week that was quite hilarious. This woman brings, well, it was hilarious because I'm not in that situation, but 
I'm pretty sure she was really, really hurting. Um, what was hilarious to me was why she even bothered to come on more because she saw her sister on her knees, completely naked, in front of her boyfriend, and they claimed her sister was just looking for an earring. But she brings them on the Maury show anyway. Oh, okay. You know, they, she must have dropped it in his nuts and needed to suck it out or something. Yeah, but she's work. completely naked. I mean, I don't understand the, why you would be completely naked in front of your your sibling's significant other. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just no. <laughs> like, I didn't believe it. Nobody was buying it. Um, and, you know, it's situations like that where people are being dishonest and then the person they're with is in denial about their dishonesty. Right. Well, you know, you know, you, you get back to the whole rule of being honest. You know, none of the people I ever talked to about this ever, you know, they were um, they were never shy about it, you know. Well, I know, know a lot of swingers. The swingers, you know, that I knew kind of were more secretive about it because they didn't want anybody to know about it. They would have parties in which there would be a special code word given that would be sent out at one time so that they, you would give that code word at the door and only those people could get in. If you didn't know the code, you weren't coming in. And those people knew each other. They knew what was going on. But uh, the friends of mine who, who were in polyamorous relationships, um, um, they just seemed so cool about it. And they just, they would be open and honest to talk about it and everything. I've met couples who just, I mean, they just really brag about it, you know, and they, they said, like, this is the way to go and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever will, though. I'm pretty sure I won't, but. Yeah, but, you know, it's good to know that there are options and there are other ways of doing things out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, you got to keep your options. Well, I don't want to say you got to keep your options, though, but you got to keep your options, though, if you have a lot. But don't have options that that person doesn't know about. Because it's not polyamorous, that's cheap. That's all in the situation. You know, you know, the thing too is sometimes a person is with somebody, they're polyamorous and they're not they're with somebody that is not and they don't want to lose that person, so they feel the need to lie. Right. But you know, you know, you know mm-hmm. in my younger in my younger days when I was uh knee high to a grasshopper you know, um, I had my share of, uh, um, uh, um, you know, I was I was kind of a slut. I'm not even going to lie about it. There's no way to sugarcoat that, so I'm not even going to do that. You know, and I did get around and stuff like that, and it wasn't until I got to my mid to late 20s that I realized how pointless it all was how much of it just didn't make me feel any better about anything and stuff. And um, it wasn't until, it wasn't until after my, toward the beginning of my 30s that I just kind of set to get all that and just settle down into one person at a time, give everybody a fair chance to get to know me and I get to know them. And then it wasn't until a few years ago, um, um, well, I can, you know, because that's the way I looked at it, you know. Um, um, that wasn't until like, like a year or two ago that I ran into the polyamorous and swingers, swingers couples and stuff like that, and just 
you know, I'm like, just, my eyes were open and everything, but that didn't change how I felt about things because I want this one woman right here, and I want to get to know this woman and um, establish what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And look, I, you know, I'm you know, the politics of whatever the word slut means or something like that, all I know is I got around, I did my thing with multiple women, and never didn't feel good about it. It's not something I'm bragging about it, but I'm just calling it how I, how I saw it at the time. You know, all right. Yeah, I got you. I mean, yeah. um, it it is a choice for an individual to make, and it is a choice of the person that they're with to to you know be on the same page, or at least accept that this is a part of that person, or move on. I think the worst Believe. aspects surrounding these sorts of relationships are people being dishonest, or the person they're with not really being on board and trying to change them, and just wasting everyone's time and getting feelings very very hurt. Man, good grief. Anyway, so um um isn't that some other little creepy little story that you had in mind that you want to talk about? No, you were the one with the creepy little story about the 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 weird sex stories, right? Yeah, but you had something some of that Game of Thrones, Jamie Jamie and Cersei Lannister stuff going off. Hold on, you know what I'm talking about. You had that kind of Jamie and Cersei you had that Jamie and Cersei Lannister thing going on that you were talking about. What what were they telling you about? You you watch the show, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. The, all right. There's something you want to talk about related to your brothers and sisters and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we're also going to be talking about taboo things, um, relationships, which is... Um, I want to talk about adult incestuous relationships. Um, you know, people hear all the time about um, people as children being, you know, violated by family members, but you rarely hear about two people as adults making the consensual decision to have a sexual relationship even though they are biologically related. And I'm talking about... Um, you know, brothers and sisters, fathers, daughters, mothers, sons, um, you know, you know, niece and nephews with aunts and uncles, and of course, cousins. Um, this happens. It happens a lot. It's just that one thing that a lot of people, no matter how liberal or open minded they are, do not want to hear about, do not want to talk about, and would never, ever, ever, ever condone. Now, how do you feel about those, you know, um, incestuous sexual relationships where, you know, um, you have family members together? Does your opinion vary based on the kind of relation that it is? Uh, no, man. You know, I mean, I think the whole thing is great. I mean, because, you know, you're sharing DNA, or not DNA, but you're sharing... I mean, you just, you, it's just funky, okay? It's just funky. It's just, you know, if I, you know, because you never know. If you're boning your sister, if you're a brother boning your sister, you, you never know you might have a little psychopath. It might happen. You never know. And, no, you know, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about if these people procreate. I'm just talking about them being oh. in a relationship, dating, having sex, living together, all the things that well, another couple does. 
well, there's the potential to procreate on purpose or accidentally. I still think the whole thing is gross. So, I mean, it is really weird. I guess when you get down to third, fourth, which one doesn't count? Third, fourth, fifth cousin I think, or something I like think that? For, for procreation, I think you have to be like nice cousins for it to be safe, for to procreate. But, I mean, we're not even talking about that. Just like just dating, sleeping together, you know, being intimate yeah, together with a family member. Does the type of relationship it is very, you know, change your view on how you feel about it? No, nah, man. No, nah, man. I, 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 just, I don't think it's right. Now, there was an instance that I heard about, um, you know, kind of one of those things where it was kind of like town gossip or something like that in which uh, there was a couple who were actually first cousins and everything. Mm-hmm. But the, the scuttlebutt I heard thereafter was that they didn't find out that they were first cousins until they were already two years in the relationship. And so by that time, it didn't really even matter to them. I got you. No, I mean, first cousins don't bother me so much simply because I grew up reading about different empires and monarchies where people married first cousins to keep money in the family. Um, I think it's I think it's really, 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 really weird. But uh, I don't know how gross it is if you didn't grow up in the same household as that person. Um, brother and sister would be another one where I would, I, it, where I, it would give me cause for pause. I'd be like, you know, how close in age are they? Did they grow up in the same household? Are they half siblings? Are they full siblings? Um, you know, step siblings, I think, would get a pass, especially if they became step siblings you know, in their, their teens or 20s or beyond because they have no biological ties. Um, but, I mean, in all those relationships, and, I, and, that, and that includes step-siblings, I would have to know that there was no um, grooming. And by grooming, I mean, like, you know, um, you know, abuse or violation of that person from a very young age um, to be okay with that relationship, especially when you get into the context of aunts and uncles with nieces and nephews or mothers and fathers with their own children. You could never convince me in those two situations that no grooming happened, that that parent or that aunt and uncle did not cross a line that they shouldn't have crossed when that person was still a minor. Mm-hmm. You know, and somebody in the comment box is, is saying how their mom is currently dating her half-brother's half-brother, and actually had that happen in my family as well. Um, these two people are not biologically related, but my uncle, um, my he, he's my mother's half-brother. His half-sister on his mother's side started dating his half-brother on his father's side. They're not biologically related. They didn't grow up together, but, you know, for many years, for the time that they dated, he was in that uncomfortable position of having to tell people that his brother and sister were dating. Ah. Okay. Okay. So you know, there's, I mean, when uh, there's no biological ties and when they didn't grow up together, it's a very different situation. But even then, like, but like I said, if if even if there's no biological ties, if they're living in the same household, I would have to, you know, remove from my mind the thought that there could have been any grooming or or you know, um, abuse of that person as a minor for them to enter into this relationship later on. Um, it's like I said, especially when we're talking about aunts and uncles or mothers and fathers. Um, 
because they do have access to that treasure from a very young age. I'd have to be, you know, 100% sure that you weren't doing something to your niece, nephew, son, or daughter that you shouldn't have been doing. You know, um, there's a very popularized um, case study of this with one Mackenzie Phillips. And mm. Mackenzie Phillips, um, she has, she's, you know, she's was pretty popular. Her son was pretty popular in the family in, in the 70s because um, her... Her, she's the daughter of John Phillips, who's a singer in the group The Mamas and the Papas, and um, his first wife, Suzanne Adams. And um, she was saying how um, in her 30s, um, she wrote her memoir, excuse me, she wrote her memoirs in September 2009. Her memoir was called High on Arrival, and she revealed mm-hmm. that um, um, she and her father had a relationship, a sexual relationship that went on for 10 years. Her and her father. And she and her father, her biological father, John Phillips, and she were in a sexual relationship for 10 mm-hmm. years. It, she said it started when she was 19, the night before her first wedding. Um, again, when I, when I talk about grooming, there's many ways to groom a child. And in her book, she also mentions how she first tried heroin when she was 11 years old and that her father did drugs, and he injected her with cocaine when she was a child. Uh. So there was a pattern of abuse there since she was a child, even if it did not take a sexual lean. And she talks in the book at length about how she did drugs as a teen and blacked out. We don't know what happened during those blackouts or what he could have done during those blackouts. But apparently they started sleeping together the night before her first wedding, which is when she was 19 years old. This relationship went on for for 10 years and only ended when she became pregnant and did not know who the father of her child was. She said that her father oh, paid God. for to have an abortion. Her father paid for her to have an abortion, and she never let him touch her again. Oh. Yeah. I did not see that turn coming. Okay, yeah, if but... you um, <laughs> if you want to weigh in on any anything we said so far, be it uh, pretty cool like polyamory, monogamous relationships, or something creepy like uh, drugging your own daughter and having sex with her for a few years, you know, I just whatever you want to comment on, sling it our way. Just uh, hit that number three one zero nine eight two forty two seventy three and press the one. And then the flag yelling up, and I'll hit you onto the uh, the stingy bob here, and we'll keep it going. You know, um, speak, I mean, speaking of weird news, have you heard of this thing called eyeball licking? Yeah, apparently a lot of um, it's, it's all the rage in Japan now, and a lot of the teenagers are getting conjunctivitis, aka pink eye, because it's like the sexiest thing ever to have someone's tongue on your eyeballs. Now, to be perfectly frank, um, the first time I put my contact lenses in when I got contacts about four or five years back, the, just the feeling of having my finger in my eye was incredibly uncomfortable. And I felt like I pressed it down on my eye. So, you know, feeling someone's tongue, and the tongue is a very strong muscle with the pads and the grooves of the taste buds, you know, on your eye, I cannot understand how that would be a pleasant sensation. Right. Right, I don't imagine how you uh, enjoy something like that. You know, I just, you know, I found it to be uh, 
You know, I don't know what to say about that. I just think that's, you know, I mean, how do you discover that that is something that you either need to do or that's something you need to have happen? I just don't even get that. Yeah, exactly. Actually, there are a few countries in the world, though, um, where it is legal to marry um, your 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 brother or sister. Uh, I believe Greenland is a country where you can marry your biological brother or sister. In the U.S., a brother and a sister can get married if um, one or both of them are adopted and they share no biological ties, meaning that even if you grew up in the same house together, if you were adopted and you don't have the same biological parents, you guys, you can get married. And step-siblings, of course, can get married because um, they became, you know, siblings through a marriage. Um, Step-siblings can get married. Um, but full siblings and, and half-blood siblings cannot get married. Um, but, yeah, there are countries in the world where you can marry your biological brother or sister. Um, there are um, states where you can marry your your cousin. And there's one state where you can marry your first cousin. Um, I don't know what the laws are on marrying an aunt and uncle. I'm not even sure how the family would feel about that. I'm pretty sure that's the kind of thing that would get people disowned or stoned, literally. <laughs> but um, um, at the very least, you'll be shunned. I know that much. Um, although, like I said, going back to polygamy, in a lot of Mormon communities, there are people marrying their cousins, their half-brothers and sisters, their uncles, um, in those those communities, simply because there is a man shortage. Um or a, a wife shortage, not enough husbands and not enough wives to be had, and not enough husbands to go around. So you just marry whoever's there, and you be happy that you make the top three as far as wives go. <laughs> that's a hell of a reason. That's, that is a hell of a reason. I mean, especially when you're considering that it's that that much of a desperate situation, you know. I, oof. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty. Pretty damn creepy, man. I mean, it it is. Wow. And when, when and then when you're talking about a polygamous community and or a community that does not believe in contraception, where you're marrying this person and you you are getting into a relationship and you're trying to bring children into this world with that person, and that person is your half sibling, your cousin, your your aunt or uncle. No right. wonder these children come out so physically and psychologically deformed. You know, there is a Mormon sect in Texas where the children have like immovable joints and disproportionately large heads because of so much inbreeding. Well, there was a there was a tribe in Africa the same way. They only have two digits on their foot because they've inbred so much. Oh, you know, you need fresh blood every once in a while. Um, every once in a while, and that's one that, that goes back to the whole thing. And because I saw that documentary like years ago, and it's some type of very obscure, very creepy tribe, and they only have two, their, their toe, I mean, their foot split and everything. And so, because they inbred so much with each other, and it's like that was one of the, the wake-up calls with the Bible. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, hold on a damn minute. So if Adam and Eve for, for dozens of years and their children and, uh, and it's like the more you talk about, you know, it's like the more I'm like, well, you know, this is impossible. All oh, this is impossible. You know, not to drop on religion again, but yeah, it's 
You all see that. I can't remember the name of that tribe. Oh, wow. Someone in the chat box. Thank you very much for this link, whomever you are, mystery person. Um, mystery oh, okay, chat cool. Box individual. Cool. Let, um, let's see an article on Wiki uh, about the Lost Boys um, in Mormon fundamentalism. And you know, we all know about the Lost Boys in Peter Pan and the Lost Boys of Sudan, but apparently these Lost Boys were young men that were excommunicated or pressured to leave the polygenist groups of the fun, like the fundamentalist um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Mormon Church to reduce competition for wives. And they're usually between the ages of 13 and 21. Um, and basically it's it's a situation where Certain men apparently are hoarding all the wives because one or even two or three are not enough. You know, I need five, six, seven wives, and I can't have any competition for them. Um, since birth rates for boys and girls are roughly equal, if we had a one-man, one-wife situation, there wouldn't be this problem. But, yeah, um, while some boys be by choice, many are ostensibly banished for conduct such as watching a movie, watching television, playing football, or talking to a girl. Some are told to not return unless they return with a wife, because you can't have any of us, our women. The estimate is between ah. 300 and 1,000 boys and young men have been pressured to leave for such reasons. There are also young women that have, been, that have left or been pressured to leave because they did not want to be part of a polygamous marriage. I found it. Fine. It's called... the. The Vodoma tribe. The tribe in Africa? Yeah. I believe this is it. Put it in the chat room. Wow. Yeah, put it put it in the chat box. I, w- I would love to read that article. Um. Yep, yep, yep. So, you know, don't don't be um ministering with your family. Because it's eventually... Before, the family. Yeah. For those who don't understand yep. his reference to the Lannisters, and you should be ashamed of yourself if you don't, these are all references to the television show Game of Thrones, which is quite possibly the best television show on television at this 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 era. Um, Damn. But yeah. Um, what people don't understand about inbreeding is that there are psychological as well as physical retribution for that. Um, children of incestuous relationships have a greater likelihood for a host of psychological disorders, including schizophrenia and dementia. Okay, I'm and you never know. In the link that you posted, and I see that this cloven foot, almost like a cow, or like a four-legged yeah. creature would have. Mhm. It's on the ostrich people or some shit like that. You know, that and, um, is crazy. Yep. 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 You know, I used to know this family of people uh, used to go to school with me, and it was creepy. It was creepy because I swear to you, all these people look exactly the same. The girl, the girls were like, you know, like men with wigs on. You know what I'm saying? That's how you could take a wig off one of the women and put it on this. On this dude, you was, it's, it's the same word fly. That's how eerily similar they all looked to each other. And they were not twins. I mean, they were not uh, twins or anything like that. It was like five of them. And you know, some people just have exactly incredibly like, strong genes. 
Some people just have incredibly strong Creep. genes, and all their children look like them, meaning that all their children look alike. Um, actually, um, knew a fam- it was a family friend, a man that my mom knew many, many years ago. He and his brother were almost three years apart, but they looked like twins. They looked so much like so like twins that one brother would, um, you know, he lost his passport once, and you know, before trip, and he actually left and re-entered the country on his brother's passport. This is not his twin. Hey, you are listening to Radio Classic. You are listening to Radio Classic because there's a funny story related to some shit like that. Because uh, <laughs> this, this dude broke out of prison and took over his, killed his twin to uh, uh, take over his life so that he wouldn't go back to prison. They were taking him. Because the caveat, though, is that his twin had just killed his wife. So when they arrested him, they arrested him for the murder that he did not commit, not the one he did commit, because, you know, they thought okay. he was the twin that killed his wife. It's crazy. You know, it's, it's, it's so different. Uh, this is so discombobulated. I'm going to try to break the word down what you said, and you tell me if I'm right. There was one man who was in jail for murder. Right. He had a twin brother on the outside. This twin right. brother had murdered his wife, but the brother in jail did not know this. When he broke out of right. jail, he killed his brother, took over his life, right. and thought that he was good to go. But then police arrested him, thinking he was his brother, for the murder of his sister-in-law. <laughs> and I've heard everything. Thank you, world. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we have we have twins that are both murdering psychopaths. Exactly, it's screwed either way. Oh uh, man, when I it's, it's a show called the the Whistler, and the, they had all kinds of really odd stories in which the idea is that you know that this person is going to commit a crime. The point is, you don't know how they're going to get caught, and often they got caught by their own ineptitude or some weird fluke of chance like this. And it would it would be so flattering. This sounds like a thousand ways to die, but with murder. Uh, oh man, this is crack I can't even believe that. Like, first of all, you know, maybe there is something to be. This is this is definitely an argument for the nature side of nature versus nurture, or maybe it's, it's an uh, argument for both, since they were raised in the same home. How twin brothers can end up both being murderers. <laughs> and what yeah, environment are so. you raised in Where even if you are a murderer You're going to go after your own twin That is some sick mess <laughs> I don't know I mean even even, even serial killers have a line they don't cross <laughs> Yeah Well you know they used to play a lot of those tricks Back in you know those Those, those eras and everything like that When it comes to the story Mm-hmm. And whatnot, you know, they they really played up on. I mean, if you want to listen to some racial and sexual stereotypes and get a kick out of it, listen to some old radio classics because they were unabashed about their 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 you know their era. They was it was just full on. It was just full on, man. And somebody was, you know, I I laugh inappropriate shit all the time, so that jump tripped me. So, uh, we are nearing the yeah. end of the show, so I would advise any callers who want to call in, please call in. We'd love to talk to you. And then we're going to touch on another relationship that's hardly ever talked about, 
the relationship with self. There are people that identify as asexual who don't feel attraction to anyone regardless of gender, orientation, or anything like that. Um, Asexuality, it is a real um, sexual orientation. Let me ask you a question. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. You're about to start another, another topic now? Yeah, yeah. No, ask me the question first. Well, it led to a different topic, so. What's it, well, what is, what is it? Now you piqued my interest. You can't just, like, throw something out there and then, like, wheel it back. You baited me now. <laughs> Let's say that your brother gets locked up, you know, and, and um, you go out there to see him while he's out mm-hmm. there. And he tells you that he and his friend were having a threesome with this other chick, right? And in the course of this threesome, somehow or another, they get into a disagreement over the next positions that they were going to do. And Mm -hmm. so the next thing you know, he has stabbed the guy who he was enjoying the threesome with, well, he was he stabbed the other party in the three the three as as in the three person because mm-hmm. they disagreed over the next position. Now, woo, are you, you talking about that new story this. where the guy killed the other guy because he refused to switch? Yeah, yeah. But what would you say to your brother in, in a situation like that? I would. I'm talking to my brother in prison now, right? Mm-hmm. Because he obviously got arrested for this. Okay, I would say. You're an idiot. Try not to get raped. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, it's cold, but I don't I don't approve of taking anyone's life um, under most circumstances, certainly not over that. And how much sex do you think you're going to get? Vaginal sex do you think you're going to get in prison? I like you and I want you. If we can do it the easy way, and we do it the hard way. Stop! <laughs> you know that shit was a trip. It was. It was. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Probably. asexuality. Back on topic. Asexuality or non-sexuality is lack of attraction to anyone or low or absent interest in sexual activity. Um. It, it's for some people considered a fourth orientation along with heterosexuality, homosexuality, and bisexuality. Some consider a lack of orientation. Um, about right. 1% of the population are deemed as asexual. Asexual? Um, some asexual people do engage in sexual activity despite lacking a desire for sex or lacking sexual attraction. Due for a variety of reasons, sometimes they do it to please partners because asexual people do want a romantic relationship. They just don't want a sexual relationship for a lot of them. Or some of them do it because they want children. Yeah, I would want Do you think that you could be with a partner that was asexual? Even, let, you know, let's say you got along with this person well, you vibe, there is a, there is a mental, psychological, you know, emotional chemistry and intimacy there, and you are sexually attracted to them, and you know they feel everything for you but sexual attraction, and they are committed to you. Could you be with this person knowing that Hell any no. time, if they ever, and on the rare occasion they have sex with you, it would be just to please you, not a, not out of a desire to have sex with you? Uh, let me sum it up like this, you know. 
No. Okay. No. Okay. Let me, let me no? tell you something. Nine. Nine. No. Nada. Because, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, though. You know, things have really changed, like I was talking about earlier before with me. And um, one of the things that, that changed with me is what I desired and how I desired it. And even though I'm not on not nearly the knucklehead 20-year-old that I used to be, I am definitely, I definitely have, I definitely do not have an appreciation and for sex and for intimacy and stuff like that. And if I can't have that, then that's like, just like to me, you decide not to want to date somebody because he's five foot two. You know, you don't want to deal with the Joe Pesci syndrome. You know, he might be an angry little mean midget type dude. You know, I mean, that might be your reason. You know, even though that's superfluous, you know, either way it goes. You don't, that's your preference for not dating this guy. I would want someone who is not sexually, I don't know, interested. I don't know. I mean, I think we could be very good friends, obviously, but that's the way that I view a lot of aspects of an asexuality as a friendship. Obviously, uh-huh. I wouldn't have, like, I wouldn't be cuddling with you, laying naked with you for just friends. But it's really, to me, if I have that sort of chemistry with someone, I'm physically attracted to them. I, I we we get on well. We have emotional intimacy. We have a we have a mental connection. That's only going to make me want them more sexually. Mm-hmm. So being with a person that that would be torture. Right. Right. Not right. like right. you can't have sex with me, but you don't want to have sex with me. And yeah. that really, you know, in the end, too, it would really, really fuck with my self-esteem. Right. I can imagine it would. I, I just, you know, I just don't, just don't see myself like, in it. why don't you want to sleep with me? Am I not pretty enough? <laughs> <laughs> I, just can't, I just can't see how that works for me. I'm not saying that this doesn't work for someone. I mean... But, you know, I enjoy I enjoy intimacy. I, especially if I'm in a relationship, you know, you know, this loving relationship or whatever, you know, I'm going to want that, man. I mean, because that's me. You know, it's a part of me. But, uh, um, you know, I mean, you, you know, uh, you know, um, I don't. See, I mean, I don't see how it will work. I mean, two people. One person who is enthusiastic about sex, and another person who has does not give a shit about sex. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I think you could be close friends, but you can't be much more. And to be perfectly honest, a person that's asexual is only missing out on very, very little at that point. Because if you were close right. friends, you would still share. Um, and it's not as if they, you know, really want to have sex with you anyway. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean. Obviously, I don't know much about asexual people. I met one person who was asexual on um, Facebook, and um, she is a, uh, you know, she she's a pretty nice person. You know, she's. I mean, I take nothing away from her. I didn't see how it would work. I mean, she was interested in me, but I didn't see how it would work because, you know, I, you know, yeah, I am into cuddling and holding hands and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I eventually I'm gonna want you and whatnot. 
and her not wanting me, I mean, it seemed like that would just be odd. Goodbye, blue balls forever. Or in this case, hello, right. blue balls forever. But right. think exactly. about it, though. On the rare occasion that you do have sex with this person, and, like, if they love you enough to, like, put some enthusiasm behind it, it could be, like, mind-blowing. It could be, it could be, like, nirvana sex. Like, take you it from so, even though they're acting? Like, you'll see the face of God or something, make you believe again, reconvert. You think so, even though they're acting and whatnot, and they're putting on the show? And no, I, I do believe it is possible for an asexual person to have sex and enjoy sex, and that has been proven. Like, you know, some of them just have incredibly low libido where they can go for a year without having sex. But when this person actually is in the mood, imagine this person in the mood. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so the one time you have sex a year is the most awesome, mind-blowing, earth-shattering sex ever. I mean, it could be that have... sex is so good and your balls are so drained that, you know, your you, the new sperm your body needs to create is on back order. It's that good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, you know, if it's that good, I I suppose I can masturbate for 364 days. You know, save up my chips for that one day. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I can do it. If it's that, if you're talking about like that, then yeah, I can probably do it. Oh, but see, you know, do they? I mean, does it? Do they enjoy oral sex or anything like that? I'm not sure. I think it depends on. I think it depends on. It's from depends on person to person because not every asexual person is the same. There's some asexual people that do not have sex. They abstain. They 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 live a life of celibacy, and it is not. It is not a um, a sacrifice for them. This is what they want. Um, you know, some have sex very very rarely or sporadic or what you and I would consider rarely, maybe once, twice, three times a year. Um. And maybe there are some that are willing to engage in oral sex also to please their partner. Um, you know, that's a very real possibility. And if at that point, let's say they don't enjoy you with a woman that's asexual, and she doesn't enjoy giving fellatio, but she'll do it for you, and she's very, very good at it, like really good at it, would this, like, make up the difference in your mind? Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Because, hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking for myself, if I was an asexual man, he's everything I want in a man, and he's willing to, you know, go down on me, and he's really, 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 really good at cunnilingus, I mean, like, neighbors know my name good, maybe. <laughs> oh, you know, you make a very convincing argument on this whole thing, you know. Um, like, if she is Van Gogh with her mouth, is it enough? <laughs> uh, if her yeah, mouth yeah, does yeah, to yeah, you yeah, what yeah. Hoover does to your carpet, is it enough? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, you, you know, you know, I, Dyson, Dyson, she's gonna, have, she's gonna have to do that. She's gonna have to warrant a seven hundred dollar vacuum blowjob. That would be incredible. Wow, that that you know that would you know that I could probably deal with that. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, okay, you can't be considering yeah. the thing. <laughs> um, the thing about it too is um I think in my case though, um, it would be something that would work for a while but I would need to have penetration. After a certain amount of time it would get old. It really would. It would feel as if I were like in a relationship with a woman with a penis. I don't know. <laughs> There's only so many times that I can get my clit licked. I'm sorry to be vulgar on air, but seriously. Seriously. I would want what every heterosexual or bisexual woman wants. Eventually, you're going to want the penis. I'm going to want the penis. <laughs> yeah, there's no substitute for the real thing, I guess. I don't know. There is not. <laughs> there really is not. And anyone that says that strap-ons and vibrators feel the same, that's a lie. You know you're lying. Stop lying to yourself. That is all. Well, I... <laughs> Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad I've never been able to make comparisons enough to find out, but you know, um, <laughs> that's something. You know, um, <laughs> you just put me off all my. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, I see our chat box is blowing up. You guys are cowards. You need to call in, and 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 this very silent conversation you're having here. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm now giving the side eye to my vibrator, freaking imposter. Yes, your vibrator is an imposter. Um, you know, maybe I can only speak for myself, but none of these things feel like a real life penis with a real life man attached. So yeah. Um, no. No to all that. <laughs> Are you just playing a porn clip right now? Yep. Yeah, so after a while, asexual dude and I would have to just be really, really, really good friends. Yep, yep, yep. So you need somebody who's more like all upon it. And it's probably gonna it's probably gonna be the best thing for you, you know. Occasionally just get the bottom knocked out of you. You know what you could do? Have what? the asexual is, does the asexual dude have good credit? If he has great credit, then you can keep your little, just hire a really super attractive man. Oh, you know what, dude, though? While we're cool. on the subject of polyamory, if you were with a woman who was asexual, you know, she, she you love being around her, you have so much in common. Like I said, there's, a, there's an emotional intimacy, connection, you're closer to her than anyone else. And she was cool with you dating other women. Would you be in that relationship? You know, you guys live together, you were intimate, you know, you have intimacy with her, not sexual, but you have intimacy with her, you get along beautifully, and she's okay with you seeing other people for for sex. Would you know, would it, consider that? Yeah, I would. No, the only danger is that I probably would, you know, uh, if it, you know, I don't know. Man, what if one of the people I'm sleeping with gives me all that and I don't have to get somebody else to give me what she is giving you know what I'm saying? You mean what if the grass is greener? You start seeing someone else just for sex and you realize she is she's just as compatible in all the other ways that the asexual woman was compatible plus you get sex. Right. Mm, of course that is always a danger. But I mean you know, putting all that aside, not knowing any of that, 
you know, if you got the go-ahead from your asexual girlfriend to be with other people, no jealousy, no games, she's not going to, like, give you the cold shoulder or side eye, this is not a test, you know, would you go for it? Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, 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 yeah. I would probably, you know, you know, I'm willing to try anything once, man, and I've never been in a polyamorous relationship, so I feel probably willing to give it a try. It seems like it would be pretty cool. be pretty cool. You know, if I was a man that was asexual, again, we would just have to chocolate through best friends, because like I said earlier, I can be emotionally involved with two dudes, so um, if I, you know, if I loved you that much, I can't imagine myself being with anyone else. I'd stick it out and just make that sacrifice. And, but, you know, if I wanted to have sex with somebody else, we couldn't be together because I want to have sex with somebody else. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I mean, this, you know, there's nothing like a good, good helping of sex and, you know, uh, body fluids. And, you know, especially when you get that nice, hot, sticky, wet. Sweaty monkey sex within the bedroom. They, they kind of look like there might have been a WWE wrestling match up in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? And somebody just might have spilled some oil on the bed. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, you need that kind of stuff. Sometimes. And so, I mean, you know, being in a, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to put down asexual people. I don't know if we have any. Asexuals in our audience or anything like that, but uh, no. Nah. eventually, I think, no I think if you can you... make it work, go for it. Honestly, I think if you can make it work and you have that maturity and you have that trust and you have that communication with all your partners, go for it. Because I think it's definitely, um, I think it's a healthy expression. It's a healthy relationship. I just want all parties to be honest, mature, you know, um, direct and consenting. Um, of that yep. relationship. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, that, there's no need to, you know, to be playing around with anybody. But at the same time, you know, if you're open and honest and everything is going on, you got, you got everything going on, get it on, man. Do mm-hmm. your thing. Have your fun, you know. You know, just get, you know, just be honest. That's the best policy. That is the best policy. You know, because... Everything else is nothing but right, like Arnold said. All right. Now, mm-hmm. if you want that, you know, if you want to have that discovery channel type sex and everything like that, then you know it's best to probably get with somebody who already feels you on that level anyway. But um, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, there is, uh, there is I, a great deal to be said about sexual compatibility, and sexual compatibility right. is not the same right. as like compatibility in other areas of a relationship, it's not as hard to find. And obviously nope. there are people that cannot stand each other that are sexually compatible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've run into a couple. I have a few exes that I wouldn't mind happily choking the hell out of, but, ah, man, the sex is pretty damn good. <laughs> wow. Uh, Boy, let me get reminiscing, man. You know, I might have to whip out the whole lube and get it. Anyway, look, um, we're running down to the last 15 minutes of the show, so uh, if you have anything you want to call in and say, bring it on in. And if you don't, it's all good. Because we're going to keep this freight train running for another five, ten minutes, and 
Then we get and ready then we to are we are gone like the wind after this. Um, another thing I wanted to mention. The um, wind never left. Sound like the wind. Um, right. a, a lot of people think it is a misconception for a lot of people to think that people in polyamorous relationships are doing it because they are slutty. And it is a misconception among people who know about asexuality to think that this person isn't interested in sex because they've been horribly violated, molested, raped, and they are traumatized beyond repair. Neither of these is the case. There are plenty of decent, moral people who are polyamorous, and there are plenty of people who have perfectly normal lives, perfectly normal childhoods, very happy get along well with their families who just don't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. That's wrong. And you got to go with what's best for you either way it goes. And if, you know, if, you're trying, if, if sex is not for you, then it just isn't for you. I mean, I, I'm going to brag about what I enjoy and what I like. I love faking. Game of Thrones and sex. So I'm going to brag about that, you know. That doesn't mean... Bacon, Game of Thrones, and sex. You see how your priorities right. are all skewed right now? What like, thing is they not were, listening if, at all? If, 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 if they stopped killing pigs and we no longer had cable, you'd still have sex, but that's at the bottom of your list. Well, they wouldn't listen in order of importance, but now you think about it. Now, now that I think about it, you know... Uh, you know, good and well, bacon will always be at the top of the list, even if it were listed in order of importance. And bacon is up there. Yeah, bacon, bacon is up there, you know? I mean, I don't know if I've ever told you about the bacon prophet, bacon prophet, but, you know, so occasionally he speaks through me. Don't worry, he's not doing it right now. Oh, Okay. Okay, so, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, the bacon prophet can keep on speaking to you after we get off air, but um, we are going to get on with our Friday night and rejoin the real world. Thank you so much for everyone who has listened in as we we bantered and rambled about the ongoings of other people's lives and sex lives. And I hope you guys yep, have yep. a fantastic weekend. We'll be uh, back in two weeks. Hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. I'm going to get some announcements and everything. Um, um, there are several things coming up, um, several shows coming up. One, um, be sure to check out uh, the, um, you know, the the, um, the main show that, that, that occurs every Sunday, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Kim normally headlines that one and uh, gives you some uh, great information, some good uh, good uh, um, topics to discuss, a lot of things to make you think and whatnot. So uh, I I don't know what the topic of uh, this week's show is going to be, but just check out a wall, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be an interesting topic. Uh, check out Raina's um, RSS feed. Uh, that's normally on a Saturday. Um, and be sure to um, look check her wall or, and be paying attention to you know, the Facebook uh, feed so you can see when that pops up. And also Alfred and um, and uh, um, my boy Will with the Breakbeat. You know, it's a great show, uh, hip-hop discussions and whatnot. 
Um, and as always, M and myself will be back in about two weeks. So if yep. there's anything I missed, I'm sorry. So. Yeah, so we'll be back in two weeks with another show, another episode of the M and Evil show. And it's been fun, and I certainly learned of it tonight. And I hope you guys have okay. been listening. Okay, I'm sorry, breaking breaking tea. The, uh, Sunday show is post racial America, post racial America. So um, that's going to be a, a very interesting discussion, considering what has happened over the last week. So check that out. 1 p.m. East. Okay. Well, I'm through interrupting. Okay. okay. All right. Well done. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Have a great weekend, everyone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.